Today's episode of Beyond the Rut is sponsored by Capshow, which is the ultimate AI content marketer for entrepreneurs who podcast, vlog, or live stream like yours truly. Stay tuned throughout this episode to discover more ways you can use Capshow for your content. For now, let's get straight into the episode. Welcome to episode 123 of Beyond the Rut, the weekly podcast about inspiring and equipping you to make your own path and live the life you've always dreamed of, Beyond the Rut. I'm one of your hosts, Jerry, and in just a moment, Brandon's going to join us because we have a conversation with Trevor Spencer. Trevor Spencer and his wife, Angie, run the website MarathonTrainingAcademy.com, and they also have a podcast by the same name. Now, Trevor claims that he used to live life as a desk potato. So not quite a couch potato because he was always productive at a desk. However, he wasn't very active. He was a very sedentary, uh, it was a very sedentary life that he lived. In this episode, we're going to talk with him about what life was like as a desk potato, because that's something you probably relate to. You probably work in an office nine to five, and you don't get up and move very often because of the work you have and the stresses of work that you have on you. So what can you do to blow that steam off and get moving? Well, running might be one of those. Maybe not, because I'm not a runner, but after this episode, I think I think I might be. Now, Trevor's going to share with us also how he made the transition into becoming a marathon runner, because since the recording, he's run 14 marathons across the United States. And his wife, Angie, who actually was the marathoner to begin with, has run in all but 11 states in the United States of America. So how did he become a runner when he totally hated running? Uh, What is his routine like? And how do they help other people today through MarathonTrainingAcademy.com? So Sit back, relax, listen to this episode, or if you're already inspired, put on those running shoes, get dressed for running, and listen to us while you're running. Now, here we go. Take a listen. All right, Brandon, welcome back to your own show. I hope you've been doing well. Hey. All right, and you just signed us up for a 5K, (laughs) the mud run, the thunder dash that we always do. Thunder. Uh, So to get me inspired, I think, and to get other folks inspired, we brought on Trevor Spencer calling in from the East Coast. I think you said Pennsylvania. Hey, Trevor, how are you doing? Hey, great, guys. Thanks for having me on the show. All right. Just so everybody knows, Jerry waved at Trevor. I did. because he's on Skype. He's on so. Skype, and he, <laughs> the video camera's on, so he can see us. <laughs> you listening can't see us waving, but Trevor could see me waving. That's all that matters. It was a nice, friendly wave. Yes. It was not an aggressive, creepy wave. <laughs> no. <laughs> all right. It now, wasn't Tre- like a Miss America wave like yeah. that. Uh, my daughter, uh, who does ballet, actually used to want to be a, a beauty pageant contestant so she taught me elbow elbow wrist wrist (laughs) yeah so good to be here there we go awesome all right yeah (laughs) now we love to kick off all of our episodes with a a little icebreaker Uh, we used to play a game called six degrees of separation factor fiction but we've since retired it because i think we just became hopeless that renee zellweger will never join our show (laughs) no kidding no (laughs) Uh, but i know trevor would have knocked it out of the park because he interviewed sean astin who's in Hollywood. So, uh, but anyway, what we want to ask you is if, if you were Rob Lowe, what would Brandon yeah. have done <laughs> for you to block him on Twitter? Oh no. Rob Lowe <laughs> blocked you on Twitter. He did. I have no earthly idea why either. <laughs> San Elmo's so, fire. I love that So guy, if you but... were Rob Lowe, <laughs> what would Brandon have to have done for you to say, that's it. I'm blocking uh, this guy. I, I would say that you, you posted uh, you replied back to Rob with a topless photo of yourself <laughs> and something seductive. <laughs> there you go. I've been found out. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was risky, but I figured, hey, you know, it might might 
make us friends. I didn't know. That is so much better than I would ever would have you gotta, thought. You gotta go big or go home, right? <laughs> hey, there you go. Thinking it's Rob Lowe, you know. Attention, and that would have done it, and, <laughs> but not the right kind of attention. <laughs> Made him go right over to that block button and go, all right, I'm out. Never see that guy again. <laughs> I guess you're ready to run for Congress now and hey, there you go. step down from Congress after <laughs> this comes out. <laughs> have you really achieved anything if you hadn't resigned from some political office? Yeah. Oh, that was... <laughs> I will never see you the same ever again, man. <laughs> All these years. <laughs> I'll forward you guys the picture. It was pretty good. Uh, so uh, the real reason why we brought Trevor on was uh, he's a marathoner. Uh, he and his wife run a website and podcast called Marathon Training Academy. And uh, life for Trevor before he became a marathon runner was he was a desk potato. And so I just I wanted to invite you to to tell us more about what life was like as a desk potato. What did that entail? What did you feel while you were a desk potato? Because I am a desk mm. potato. I got to admit, the first time you said that, I thought you were referencing that song, Despacito or whatever. Despacito. That, there's, okay, there's, yeah, <laughs> I, I can hear it. Yeah. <laughs> that kind of sounds the same. <laughs> well, I say desk potato because couch potato doesn't quite capture it. It's not like I was that overweight or spent a lot of time on the couch um, watching TV. You know, I was, um, I was fairly active and I enjoyed sports, but more like um, team sports. But as I got older and we started having kids and life got in the way, I just wasn't doing anything. So um, just being inactive, being too sedentary. And one thing I know I didn't like, and that was running, just for the <laughs> running for its own sake. You know, I, I just hated it. Even all those years when I was a kid playing sports, I'd hate to run. I don't think I don't think I could even run a mile, you know, w- without a lot of discomfort. In fact, I wasn't a very good student um, until until later in my schooling. But uh, in ninth grade, I think I failed P because I refused to run the mandatory mile. <laughs> oh, man, that's something I would have done. Have you looked up that coach? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. It was a rough year. I don't even remember the coach's name. But, um, yeah, it's weird to now be you know making a living um, because of running, because we do Marathon Training Academy full-time. And to be married to a running coach, it's, it's quite a – a weird turnaround. I and at the time of oh, this yeah. recording, I've done 14 marathons. Wow, man. Yeah, because you just started a few years ago. Uh, yeah, I ran my first marathon in uh, 2011. Wow. Actually, after we started the podcast. So what was your motivation? I know that you were you know, what you call a, a, a desk potato, but what was your motivation to go from hating to loving it? I mean, I know your wife is, is a coach, and you know, obviously yeah. you had a connection there, but what for you went, I'm going to do this? I think it was just indicative of a bigger change in my life that I wanted to see. This is the Beyond the Rut podcast. So I I felt like I was stuck in a rut just in life and needed um, like bold action to really change my life. And so I started taking action in a lot of ways. But the marathon seemed like this this huge challenge that would be transformative um, in a lot of ways, not just physically. And uh, there was one question that I had in my brain that I wanted to pursue. And that is, can I learn to love what I now hate? So can we change to that extent? Wow. So I hated running. <laughs> uh, could that change? Or am I, you know, or, or are we as humans pretty much locked into how we are and incapable of changing and liking things that we now hate? So that was the question I was pursuing in my brain. And I don't, it didn't go from love to hate. <laughs> it went from like love. Right, it went from hate uh, to tolerance <laughs> and intolerance of running too much. Like, okay, this is okay. 
So sort of a mediocre. Lukewarm. I don't hate it as much. <laughs> yeah. So from it went from hate to love gradually. But yeah, I could say I love running now and was able to to change that part of my nature. Now, how long did that take to go from, well, backing up a little bit, I would imagine your wife was a runner before this decision. So what, what was her reaction when you said, you know, I think I'm going to do this? It's a little, it's a, it's a kind of complicated because when we were dating, I would go on runs with her just because I wanted to be with her. <laughs> um, but I didn't enjoy it, but it, I knew I needed to do it. It was inspiring to see her run. Um, and we actually started the podcast when I was um, pretty much a newbie runner. And when I pitched the idea to her about starting a podcast about marathon training, because she had done some marathons and is a registered nurse, and I knew that what she had to say would be valuable to people. The first thing that she said was, what's a podcast? <laughs> of course. <laughs> because this is in like 2009. And then she said, okay, well, we can try it, but you have to start running consistently. Wow. So that was the deal. So <laughs> we started the show. Uh, February of 2010, and I started doing a run-walk program that she designed for me. So I would run for a minute, walk for one, run for a minute, and then got comfortable with that. And just running for a minute, that was miserable at first. <laughs> and I was like, couldn't wait to do the walk. And all I had was just a steep, uh, a cheap uh, stopwatch in those mm-hmm. days and like some shoes that weren't even right for me. So I started getting shin splints. So then I went to a, a real running store and got some proper shoes some better clothes and started becoming more ingratiated into the running and taking on the more of the runner identity. So then um, after I could run walk, then she said, all right, now try to run for three minutes and walk for one. So did that until it became comfortable. And then I ran for a mile and then built up to three. And then before I knew it, you know, I was at 5k level and did my <laughs> first 5k race, which was really exciting. And it's awesome. like, Hey, this is, this is a feeling of accomplishment. And I did a 12k race and then, took the plunge into training for a half marathon Oh man! and did that, uh, ran the little rock half marathon in uh, 20, I think that was 2010. And my feet felt so beat up after that half marathon. So that's 13.1 <laughs> miles. And I finished in two hours and two minutes. So it's fairly wow. decent time, you yeah. know, it's like middle of the pack. So I'm not, I'm not like a speed demon and I'm not, <laughs> I'm not a back of the pack guy either. So I'm right in the middle. Um, but my, it, here's how it felt after that first half marathon. It felt like Someone had held me upside down and like slapped the bottom of my feet with <laughs> right. a boat oar for two hours. <laughs> exactly. And when I, you I describe that to somebody, they're like, why? Why? I paid money to get this done to me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> to yeah. do it to yourself. Yeah, to do it to yourself. <laughs> There's magic uh, in the misery, though. That's what they say. Yeah. I, I, after I, I finished that first half marathon, I thought, there's no way. There's no way I could do a whole marathon, <laughs> 26.2 miles. How could I? How could I get through that? Um, but now I've done 14 and, you know, it's just all a matter of, um, putting in, in perspective. It seems hard. It seemed hard back then. It doesn't now. Mm -hmm. I was just talking to a friend this morning. He's getting ready to start a new career. He's retiring from the military and I, and he was like, you know, it's really scary and kind of humble, humbling and everything else. And I said, but the good thing about it is, you know, 28 years ago, you were not an expert at what you're doing now. So you get yeah. that opportunity to start again and to start a new adventure and, and learn. And I love the way you did it. That's kind of the way I did it. I did a couch to 5k, uh, little app thing where you basically did the same thing. You'd run, walk, run, walk till you could get up to the 5k and 10k and, and, and so on. But taking the, the small steps to get where you want to go 
first you set the goal and then you started to develop the plan. And, and that's what we talk a lot about on this podcast is there's big goals and that's great, but you've got to set those steps in place and, and make a plan to make that happen. Cause I know it, especially like after I finished my first triathlon, I thought, well, I'll never do that again. That was the worst thing ever. And, and I'm just miserable. But then everybody that did triathlons told me, said, never ever make that decision for the first two or three weeks. Cause you hate them at that point. But once you get past that pain in the marathon, then you're like, I can't wait to do this. And again. you just did a second one in October, didn't yep. you? Yeah. Yeah. Right on. But you become addicted yeah. to it. So you're a horrible quitter. I'll just tell you that <laughs> <Exactly>. now. <laughs> I didn't yeah, use to be. Gotta, you just got to set things in motion. Um, it's, it's hard to see exactly where it's going to end up and what the finished product will be. But signing up for a race or just going and investing in some, some proper gear and just downloading a training plan and starting or hiring a coach or whatever you need to do, just setting things in motion, you never know where fitness can take you, really. So what I, mean, I had you- no idea that I would be – you know, doing this now or having, uh, having even, uh, being on the podcast with you guys so, when I started running. So it's safe to say that running really completely changed your life. The trajectory of the last eight years has been completely different than what you, like if I'd have told you 10 years ago, Hey, you're going to be hosting a podcast about marathon running. You right. probably would have said, yeah, and brain surgery or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. That would have been, see, 10 years ago. Yeah. I think by, Maybe even further back, like 12 years ago, I would just would have thought that was inconceivable. <laughs> inconceivable. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, I just listened to a few of your episodes, and of course, the one that really stands out to me from Marathon Training Academy podcast is you interviewed the original Goonie, Sean Astin, uh, yep. on what, February 10th of this year, 2018. Uh, I just want to tell you, I love that episode. I don't really have a question <laughs> with that. I just, <laughs> so professional podcasters tie back the, uh, well, just Brandon had mentioned like where you are now is not where you expected to be when you started that podcast in 2010. And I wonder, yeah. would you have even come across paths with Sean Astin of all people? And I didn't even know the guy runs. I'm like, what? I know. And just Isn't that hear, crazy? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, see, I think the Goonies came out in 1985. Yep. <laughs> so I would have been, I would have been five years old and I'm pretty sure I watched it maybe by the time I was seven years old. It's funny. If you go back now, I, I don't think I'm ready to show that movie to my youngest son who's seven. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> <laughs> it was a different the, the world. The ratings were so much more lax back then. That was a PG movie. Right. It like starts out with this chubby kid pushing his milkshake against the glass. Like, the chunk oh, shuffle. <laughs> so anyway. Um, I probably watched that movie when I was really young because ratings, the ratings were more relaxed. But if you would have told me as a kid, hey, someday you're going to be interviewing that guy. Yeah. And we've had him on the show three times now. Wow. How did you, was, how did you meet him? How did that come about? Well, he sponsors a 5K race in uh, Mesa, Arizona. So we, uh, we connected through the race. Oh, cool. Yeah. To me, that's what's so great about, you know, your story is, is you started down a, a path that you weren't on before, obviously, and didn't really have any desire to be on. But because of that, it's opened doors for things that you would have never imagined would would happen to you at all. 
but now your whole life revolves around this podcast and the marathons and, and just training people to do that. So you went yeah. from basically kind of working for your, your own interest or your own family, build up your own thing to, to now you spend a majority of your time trying to help other people get into something that they probably hate and think, eh, I don't want to run a marathon. That's, that's a terrible idea. So what do you do on a kind of a day to day basis? What, what's kind of your focus to, to do the marathon training academy? Stay with us. We'll be right back. And now let's talk about how you can use Capshow to repurpose and market your content. If you have a business like me, you can upload your cornerstone long form content like podcast episodes or YouTube videos into Capshow and it will create all your content marketing assets for you. And here's the coolest part. Capshow is more than just a robotic AI tool. It's a powerful blend of artificial and human intelligence designed by marketers to help you organically reach more of the right people on more platforms. Go to beyondtherut.com slash capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day trial and see for yourself. Now, back to the show. Well, we just, we want to provide as much value as we can to um, folks that listen to the podcast and people that we're helping train and really to, to help them get to where they want to go to their ideal self. Because a lot of times we have we have our present self, but we then we have our future self and our future self always has um, less body fat percentage <laughs> and more free time and is more relaxed and more money. So getting people from point A to point B in, in their own journey in their running is what our goal is. And for some people that could be um, training for their first half marathon or the first marathon or getting faster. A lot of runners like to qualify for the Boston marathon, which has, you know, pretty strict qualifying times to meet. Um, Or some people like to do uh, multiple races in a year where they're doing like back to back marathons or even going beyond and doing an ultra marathon, which is anything beyond 26.2. And so wherever they're at in their running journey, we just want to help them get to that next level. So right now we have um, six coaches on our team that um, can work with runners one-on-one or just be there to answer questions. So how do people get involved with the uh, academy and, and and how does it work? If somebody signs up, like what exactly do they get or do or as a customer it, or as a coach? Yeah, as a customer. Okay. Yeah. Well, if they, what we have is a, a community. So if people want to connect, you know, with an online community to get, their questions answered to get encouragement, you know, to um, connect with other runners and be inspired. Because a lot of times it's the proximity effect. Just seeing what other runners are doing um, can inspire you to get out the door on those days that you don't feel like running or plant ideas in your mind that bear fruit later. I'll just give a quick example. Like my wife one time was doing a marathon in Washington State and on the bus to the starting line, she heard another runner talk about the 50 state club. She said, what's the 50 state club? <laughs> and this lady's like, Oh, that's, it's where you run a marathon in all 50 States. And she said, wow, people do that. And that just planted an idea in her mind. And now she's working on 50 States. And I think she has like 11 States left. Wow. Um, she's picking up some new ones this year. So the proximity effect, just being around Epic people, seeing you know a little bit into their lives and how they're handling things and how they're making time for, for running that can have a, a big effect. And then in our community too, we have, we have courses and training plans and training lessons that, that my wife has designed and other um, running coaches to, uh, to give people the tools and the knowledge 
to be able to run because there's there's a lot of ways um, there's a lot of mistakes <laughs> that you can make as a new runner especially oh yeah and there's a lot of issues that injuries and stuff that can come up so you know helping people navigate through that stuff is also what we're uh, passionate about what my wife has a nursing background so we really emphasize injury prevention and we have a physical therapy doctor who we partner with quite a bit to uh, to help runners uh, but but really we just have amazing amazing uh, people that that have uh, connected with us. We have great listeners. And just from the beginning of our podcast, we started getting feedback from runners. And so I think all the, all the credit goes to our great uh, community that we have. And my, my, my partner and my wife, Angie, she's, uh, she's the brains behind the, uh, the now, running part. What's good. What's a common injury that newbies run into that they could avoid? Like how can they avoid that common injury? And I'm totally asking for a friend, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm, common injury. Um, I don't know, even know which one I would pick. So many. <laughs> I would think it would be something similar to what you mentioned earlier. And, and this is selfish of me, but I, I experienced this too. get really good shoes. Cause when I first started, I was running, you know, and I think I had converse or something like that from Academy yeah. and I went to a real shoe store, got fitted. You know, that's one of, I was always told one of the biggest mistakes people make is you just grab a pair of shoes and go, but Good pair of exactly. shoes can save your life. Yeah, you ran that marathon or did that marathon just grabbing stuff off the shelf like <laughs> like Kevin Costner from Tin Cup where you just exactly. played around at golf with whatever he got in the garage. Yeah. Like, I saved I don't money think, but paid for it. I don't even <laughs> think you rode a real bike, right? It was a little tricycle nope. or something? Okay. <laughs> that was a mountain yeah, bike, just, I think. Just taking that, um, having a pair of shoes that are not adequate, that could, that could produce shin splints. Mm -hmm. um, you can have trouble with plantar fasciitis which is like this pain on the bottom of your foot especially doesn't you don't feel it as much as w when you're running uh but like first thing in the morning you get out of bed you, you stand up yeah. and it's like ow your feet are sort of tender and sore another thing that could crop up is um achilles tendonitis so pain along your achilles tendon mm -hmm. it band uh, which is just along the outside of your knee runner's knee which is more like centered around the kneecap that's another big one um that's true. The thing about the running shoes, though, is they say that you should put 400 miles max on a pair of shoes. Mm -hmm. So even if a sh uh, shoes look good still, that doesn't mean that structurally they're still good to run in. So we always encourage people to keep a, a log of how many miles they're putting on their shoes. That way they can oh. you know, replace them. Yeah. So that, what, what happens after that 400-mile mark to the shoe? That Just the inside, you know, the structure of it is not as robust as it needs to be, I guess, and it doesn't provide the support. And, um, I don't really know on, you know, I, exactly what's happened on the inside of the shoe, but it's just not as supportive as it needs okay. to be after that point. Right. Right. And I've always kind of lived my life when your shoes look bad, they're bad, you know, yeah. and you throw them out and get a new pair of shoes. And these are yep. my, my primary running shoes now, and they've got about probably 150, close to 200 miles on them, but they look really good. Cause that's the only thing I use them for is running. I don't go through grass yeah. or dirt or anything <laughs> else. So I just run in them. But yeah, it could, I have it could to retire be just them. Totally so. made up by the shoe companies. Right? <laughs> That's true. Too. It's well, like I mean, changing my, your oil. My my daughter does ballet, and I know those point shoes don't last long. They're just like paper mache with satin on top, and uh, they she is replacing like a pair every month, and they're not cheap. And I finally wow. asked her like, "What are you doing to your shoes?" And she said, "Dad, they're paper mache, and you know, girls don't sweat, but we glow." 
through our feet and <laughs> like whatever. Uh, but I mean, they break down. I guess I, I can accept that point shoes break down. I should be able to accept that running shoes also break down, especially when you're pounding them on pavement or ground. Yeah, they do. Yeah. They do. And I would tell people too that, you know, if this I mean, is my friend, something my friend. you want to do, get involved in the academy and, and learn in that community because you can go out and spend $10,000 on equipment and stuff that you don't need yet. You know, get the, get the good stuff, but you don't have to buy the best stuff. I know the first bike I used was a mountain bike and a triathlon. That's a terrible idea. It didn't work. It it almost killed me, but I, I got a better bike. But then as I was at the bike store getting to know the people and and most of the people, I'm sure this is true in marathons. I've, I've not done a marathon yet, just triathlons, but the most of the people that do that are so loving and they want to see you do good too. So they'll sure. give you really good advice. But there was a bike there at the bike shop that I want to say it was somewhere around $30,000 or $25,000 and it was made out of, you know, I don't know, invisible plastic or something. And, and I Unitanium. said, yeah, I said, I said, I can't buy that bike because I'd have to live in it because I would get kicked out of my house. My wife would never let me back in again. <laughs> but also, you don't need that yet. You're not you're not there yet. So get good advice, yep. get good equipment. And one of the best ways to do that is get involved in the academy and and tell people how they can find out about it, find out about the podcast and get to know you and your wife. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, um, we're easy to find. Just if you can. You can actually Google MTA podcast and we come up, I think, as the first result. <laughs> awesome. Even though if you if you put in MTA, you get Metropolitan Transit Authority. <laughs> but if you put MTA podcast, I think we're the top result. But yeah, in, in iTunes, we're easy to find. Just put in Marathon Training and our website's MarathonTrainingAcademy.com. But what you what you said there is is very important because I think people can feel intimidated if they're just getting into um, running or triathlon or some kind of endurance sports is they think, well, I don't know anything. I'm going to show up and I'm going to like look, look like a fool and I'm a newbie. And right. this seems to be this barrier of entry, but there really isn't. It's just all in your head. Um, I know with the running community, the people are really warm and friendly and um, it's a very accepting community. And you, you're, you can, you can call yourself a runner um, no matter what body shape you have, no <laughs> right. matter how fast you are, how slow you are. It's amazing to see that the different types of people that show up to a 5k, right? You don't have to be like a slender, slender, um, Kenyan <laughs> exactly. running five minute miles to call yourself a runner. I mean, that's not how most people look. Yeah. You get people showing and up in costume too. Yeah. <laughs> you can show up in a costume. That's right. I mean, no man, there's some fun races to do. I know I, don't, I, I mainly run marathons and half marathons, but one of my favorite ones was the, um, uh, New Orleans Rock and Roll Marathon oh, in, yeah. in New Orleans, Louisiana. <laughs> That's such a fun race. People are always dressed in costume and stuff. Uh, I've run that one twice. But uh, the and the running world is probably a lot cheaper to get into than the triathlon world. Oh yeah, because you don't have <laughs> as much equipment. And it, yeah, you're right. It can really get expensive the higher up you want to go in it. And those yeah, those bikes can get expensive, but you don't have to start with that. Exactly. Sure. Well, I love the way you put that too at the very beginning was, you know, run a minute, walk a minute, you know, get started, do something to make right. your life more focused in the direction you want it to be. Quit, quit worrying about future guy and just start working towards it and take little bitty baby steps. You know, maybe you don't even own tennis shoes, get a pair of, you know, decent tennis shoes and just start walking around the block a couple of times. And then every once in a while, skip that one block and go another block, you know, and add to it every time. And eventually you'll get there. But don't look at winning the Boston Marathon. Look at your neighborhood. See if you can conquer your whole neighborhood once and then then maybe run it and see how that goes. Exactly. And do something that scares you. You know, if it's hard, 
then it's probably going to be um, something that is transformative. Um, <clears throat> it's only hard in relative to where you are right now in this moment. Right. Just remember that. And uh, we talked to a Olympic runner named Ryan Hall. He's retired now, but he told us how you define hard is how you experience hard. So a lot of times it's in our head. That's a good you know, point. I know I we talked a little bit about your, your family and it's like those of us that have a family, you think when you first got that first kid, you're like, I have no earthly idea what I'm doing. Now I'm a grandfather of three and I'm like, yeah, I got this. It's not mm -hmm. that hard. But 24 years ago, I guess almost 24 years ago, I thought this is the dumbest thing in the world. They've handed me this baby. I don't know what I'm doing. And, <laughs> I know. remember feeling that way too. <laughs> but you learn as you go, you know, get, and get connected to a community. We certainly encourage you to go to the uh, Academy and the website and, and learn about that. Listen to the podcast and get that advice. And you can learn in the privacy of your own home. You don't have to be worried about being embarrassed or anything like that. But I know Trevor and them do a great job of just kind of encouraging and, and showing you the finer points of things you can improve on and and just make your life better but make your own path as we like to say get out of that rut of i'm not a runner trevor hated running now he his whole career is running so you know find out about them and find out how you can get involved in that trevor any advice for anybody that's listening going yeah that's fine for you but i couldn't do that and maybe how they could get involved in that yeah well you know it doesn't have to be running there's lots of other ways to stay active um i like i love to ski i also love to hike but, you know, well, Jerry's Jerry our hiker. Just, <laughs> I'm a hiker. Connected. I love it. I, I'm like five miles from the Appalachian Trail here where I live. Ah, uh, now I'm jealous. Have, I've never done like a through hike Maine to Georgia, but um, little sections of it here in Pennsylvania. Yeah, I mean, just getting out and being active. It's it's I think it's an important way to elevate life and to complement life. And but really to do things that are intimidating at first, that's a great way to get out of the rut too because running i found for me uh, was a way for me to get out of the rut i wasn't i was in uh you know when i started and i've kind of found that marathons are a great metaphor for life because it's all about pacing yourself uh it takes time like it's kind of cliche but, you know life is a marathon not a sprint and a lot of times it's, it's comes down to your mental toughness because in a marathon they say you can run the first 20 miles with your legs, but the last six miles with your brain, with your mind. Right. Because after mile 20, it's just it's just miserable. <laughs> and your legs are screaming at you. And people hit the wall. Right. Uh, what they call, you know, metaphorical wall there of not enough energy or not enough mental stamina. So you really at that point have to have positive things that you tell yourself, positive mantras, or think about things that distract you or, or just um, focus on finishing and the battles in your brain. And I, I think that a lot of times in life, it comes down that to that also. It's just find um, what is it you know that you can program your mind with that's going to keep you encouraged to just grind it out <laughs> every day and keep working toward your goal. That's good advice. That, that, that just makes so much sense. It applies to so many areas too. Well, Trevor, thanks for coming on. It was great meeting you. And, and uh, I know in the show notes, Jerry's going to put everything about the Academy and the podcast and how they can get in touch with you. And it was just a pleasure to get to meet you today. All right, guys, keep up the great work. Thanks for having me on the, sh the show. And uh, maybe I'll see you out there one of these days. If you like everything you heard in this episode, check out the show notes at beyondtherut.com slash one, two, three. I love that. That's such an easy number to remember. Now, in the show notes, you're going to find the bio for Trevor. You're going to find links to their website, 
MarathonTrainingAcademy.com, as well as links to their podcast. Whether you're an Apple user or an Android user, we'll have links there for their podcast so you can subscribe yourself. Share them with your friends, your family, and so on. And while you're at it, best way you can support our show is to subscribe and also share us with your friends, your family, coworkers, and that neighbor across the street even. Now, some of you probably want to reach out to us. Let us know what you liked about the show, what you didn't like, or what you'd like to hear in a future episode. Reach out to us. We're on Twitter, Beyond the Rut. We're on Facebook, Beyond the Rut. And we also have email. Yes, people still email, especially if they have a long story to share with us. And we would love to share your story out there with the world to inspire others and equip others. So don't think your story isn't good enough or that your insight isn't good enough. You have a piece of the pie that'll help somebody else live their life, make their life uh, the life they always dreamed of. So our email address is info at beyondtherut.com. Now we'll be back next week with another episode. And until then, go live life beyond the rut. Take care. in Hollywood. So, uh, but anyway, what we want to ask you is if you were Rob Lowe, what would stand by? And I already messed it up. That's why we gave you a shorter leash, man. (laughs) All right. He knocked the recording device off the table. I'll learn to stand still. Oh, this is getting happens. Yeah. (laughs) All right. We didn't lose you though. Cause last time he did it, we lost you. We lost the other guy. All right. So if you were Rob Lowe, you know, the best thing I love about Cap Show is that they have one of the best communities ever. As a Cap Showian myself, I always get invited to masterminds with industry leaders to get the insights and marketing strategies that take my business to the next level. Plus, they love surprising and delighting us. Go to beyondtherut.com slash Cap Show, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day free trial with the Cap Show team today and join me inside that community.